BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. We also have small businesses an industrial building on the west side up over 200%, a vacant industrial facility in Little Village over 1,000%, restaurants in Pilsen over 300%. And these are small businesses. Many have their life savings into those businesses. They've been dealing with the pandemic for two years and their property tax assessments went up over 300%. Hi everybody, I'm Fran Spielman. My guest this week is Jack Lavin, President and CEO of the Chicagoland Chamber of Commerce. Jack, thanks for joining us. Happy holidays to you. Thank you, Fran, and thanks for having me on your, your show. You are the sixth president and CEO of Chicago's leading business organization. You served as director of DECA, the Illinois Department of Commerce and Economic Opportunity. You also served as chief of staff under Illinois Governor Pat Quinn, Chief Operating Officer of the state. You led the passage of a big capital plan. You've been an executive at Abbott Labs and a private restaurant company, too. Have you ever seen a more challenging time for Chicago businesses? No, Fran, you're right. This is one of the most challenging times after two years of a pandemic um, you know, companies dealing with that, figuring out new ways to do business. Um, I've never seen more of a challenge. And, uh, you know, what I hear most from the business community today is trust in public safety and skyrocketing property taxes. And, and you know, with the pandemic, people changed how they shop, how they go to work, how they live, go to restaurants. And, public safety, trust in public safety, and skyrocketing, skyrocketing property taxes are just amplifying as people look at their lives and look at how they work, it amplifies the changes. And so what I would say is a low murmur has become a loud roar. Um, we have great assets in Chicago, world-class airports, world-class universities, K through 12 education, restaurants, largest convention center, and affordable, great quality of life. But make no mistake, Chicago is at a crossroads and the pandemic has changed how we live and that change. And if we don't address public safety and property taxes, it will impact economic development and jobs in Chicago. Um, and we need to, to address it. We need a collaborative plan and a strategy. Um, and, you know, we really are at a crossroads and this is, this is a difficult time. And, and I, and it, it just feels like there's a sense of no plan and, and I think that's what's most concerning to the business community. Yeah, the low murmur is now a loud roar. What is the biggest part of the roar? 
The roar is, is a public safety. So I commend the mayor. She put money in her budget for uh, hire, filling vacancies in the police department. She's investing in long-term programs in mental health, youth jobs, violence prevention. But our businesses, uh, and it's not just retail, as you hear on the Meg Mile, but restaurants, uh, offices, returning to work, banks, they want to know how are we going to solve the violence and the public safety problem this week, this weekend, tomorrow. Um, so we have the long-term investments, but we aren't doing uh, the short-term things to help people return to work, get on public transit, go to restaurants and shop. So uh, we need to do that. And then the, the skyrocketing property taxes, it just, it just seems like um, – uh, the, there's there seems to be a general lack of concern for the business community over skyrocketing property taxes. I mean, just this morning, a uh, new township was released in Chicago. Ford, the largest manufacturer in the city by far, just had their property tax assessment r- rise by over 400%. What are they going to do? This plant has the highest property taxes of any plant in the country. We just passed an electric vehicle incentive program. And now this rise in property taxes is going to negate that. Are they going to invest in the next uh, generation of cars and electric vehicles? Our airport just went up over a thousand percent. So that's going to raise the cost of flights for consumers, for people, everyday people. But it's also going to impact economic development because when businesses can fly people in and fly people out, that's why they come to Chicago because the number of flights, if the cost goes up, flights go down. And, and, and those are two examples, but we also have small businesses, an industrial building on the west side up over 200%, a vacant industrial facility in Little Village over 1,000%, restaurants in Pilsen over 300%. And these are small businesses. Many have their life savings into those businesses. They've been dealing with the pandemic for two years, and their property tax assessments went up over 300%. This, there just seems to be a general lack of concern of what the assessor is doing. He says businesses aren't paying enough. They are paying their fair share. They pay 2.5 to one for a residential. They are paying their fair share. They're paying uh, double what their property values are as far as percentage of the property tax. But no one seems to be concerned. These are economic development and job issues and I've never seen us, we're dealing with the pandemic and coming out of that, but we aren't addressing these two issues that are going to have a significant impact on jobs uh, and quality of life in Chicago. When you mentioned the airport, what do you mean? What airport? O'Hare. O'Hare they reassess- is property? They reass- what, do you, what do you mean? I mean, does O'Hare pay property taxes? The... Airlines do. So they assess the terminals and then they pass it through to the airlines. Oh, so I we see. have, I didn't, we have we, I didn't know it either till it just happened. They went up over a thousand percent. This is not a 10% increase, a 20% increase. This is a thousand percent, 10 times. They increased the value by 10 times. And it, it's a good example because I think it shows when the assessor comes out with an assessment, uh, he doesn't talk to anybody. And so he went and assessed the airport. Well, you know, 
has he looked at how airports are assessed? Has he looked at how the lease is structured at O'Hare? And it might be structured in certain ways so we can have an $8 billion modernization to go on. How did that change their property value and their assessment? It did not go up over a thousand percent from three years ago. We need to look at that because we need to have a public comment period so that people can look at how is the assessor assessing? What is he looking at? Um, this is an economic shock to the system. That's what we're having. Um, and we need to find a way to, if, if we're going to change what we do, have a transition, have a smoothing uh, period of time. Uh, you know, we can argue on how the assessor assesses, and I'm happy to continue that debate with the assessor. He doesn't take into account vacancy rates, utilization rates, which have changed since the pandemic. He lowered residential property taxes by 10% without any evidence that they did. And what ex the exact thing that happened is residential property values went up, commercial properties went down. We'll continue that argument and I'm happy to discuss and do that with the assessor. But right now we have an economic shock to the system, which is gonna impact jobs. Businesses create jobs. If jobs go away, people can't own homes. If Ford doesn't reinvest in their facility because their property taxes went up 400%, people lose jobs, people can't live in houses, or their property taxes for their houses are gonna go up significantly like they have in the South suburbs. So this is a, this is a great concern to the business community um, it's a great concern to attracting and retaining companies here and keeping jobs here and really getting people back to work and getting people back to offices. If offices, which we have some of the highest property tax rates for offices um, in Cook County and in Chicago, if those go up, people may decide we don't need that office, so we're not going to um, uh, rent that. And we have 17,000 small businesses uh, in the Central Business District. That lower traffic that's already happening because of the pandemic and may be amplified by rising property taxes uh, is going to hurt those small businesses. And those small businesses, they're not fat cats. Uh, they put their life savings into their business and try to, and try to uh, uh, make a living. Um, they're impacted. These property taxes are passed through to these small businesses. It's not the building owners. The building owners pass the property taxes through. So getting back to O'Hare, you're saying that the 1,000% increase in their assessment will be passed along to the airlines in, in higher landing fees and use rates, and that that will cause what? That fares will go up? That well, they will not be able to fund the expansion? What are we talking about? Well, that, that's a great question. The cost will go through to the airlines. Um, O'Hare has one of the highest costs of employment in the country. So uh, when planes fly and airlines fly, they make, um, you know, less money per flight passenger than, let's say, flying through uh, in Atlanta. So um, if the profitability of flights goes down, maybe the number of flights change which then if there's less flights, that could raise the cost of flying. So, you know, the market will still define what's passed through, um, but it does raise the cost of doing business here in Chicago and at O'Hare. And what makes Chicago great? It's our world-class airports. Uh, they're global uh, uh, class 
airports that we get flights in internationally all over the domestic if we start interview interfering with that that's part of the economic engine of chicago and what attracts and retains companies here and if we raise that cost um you know that that will be a problem so can the chamber I, really make a case though that tax assessments are unfair to big businesses the assessor cites data that says his changes are distributing the tax burden more fairly well, you know, we have a classification system in Cook County. We're the only county in the state that has it and one of a handful in the country. So what does that mean? That means businesses for every dollar in property assess assessment, they pay 2.5 to one over residential. So businesses already paying their fair share uh, as far as percentage of land value, there's 17% of the land value, but they pay 34% of the property taxes. So because of that, they are paying their fair share. Now, as I said, it, you know, we can have that argument with the assessor on how to assess property. We'd like to see a public comment period where when the assessor is changing how he's valuing something or using new cap rates, that that's, there's a public comment period so people can comment on it and everyone can learn from each other but in the in the not near term this will cause an economic shock to the system it, it will go up so high it'll it'll freeze investment uh, businesses that are trying to uh, uh, recover from the pandemic get people back to the office back to work get people to come to restaurants get conventions to come here as these property taxes go up uh, that's going to interfere with our economic recovery. So it's an issue that needs to be addressed. Small businesses definitely need relief from these increased property taxes. We definitely need smoothing or a transition period. Uh, if How long? These are How long? Go up. Well, they're, re they're, they're reassessed every three years. I think, you know, if, if you're going to go up a thousand percent, how long is a, is a good transition period? If Ford's going to go up 400 percent, how long is a good transition what period? What is it? You tell me. I don't know. I think at least over a, a few triennial assessments, uh, at least two or three. Um, two or three have, years? or? Well, they're, they're reassessed every three years. So, okay, uh, so, so you want to, if, if you're going to raise it at 400 percent or a thousand percent, you'd like to be done over nine years. years. I mean, 10, 10 years, years, you know, I'm, and, 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 you know, we can still argue whether 400% is right. We can still argue whether a thousand percent is right. I know, I know the, uh, there's discussions going on about the reassessment, uh, at the airport and how it was done, how it was calculated. There's certainly a process, uh, with the board of review. There's a process where, you know, the, you know, the city could, could, could intercede. Uh, there's a process to appeal that, um, and that will be done. And I think that they'll find that the way it was assessed was not correct. So we may not end up at a thousand percent, but um, we have to have a smoothing and transition period for the business community. It's essential for economic development and jobs. And then the mayor raised the property tax levy by $76.5 million. Uh, about a quarter of that was the automatic escalator. Another quarter of that was for her capital plan and then the capturing of new property. What did you want to see her do that she did not do? Uh, yeah, we, we at the time the budget was being debated, we asked that the CPI be uh, held for two years. Um, we didn't think that this was the time to raise it. 
Um, and we felt there were enough ARPA funds uh, to overcome that. So we, we had asked for it to, uh, uh, the CPI to be uh, not done uh, for two years. Okay, let's go back to crime now. Uh, last week, Rob Carr, president of the Illinois Retail Merchants Association, was a guest on this show. He accused Mayor Lightfoot of abdicating responsibility for the retail crime wave sweeping Chicago and instead pressuring merchants to implement their own costly and unworkable security measures. She has urged Magmile merchants victimized repeatedly by smash and grab robberies to follow the lead of their counterparts in places like Milan and London and Paris and Rome and Hollywood's Rodeo Drive. Security guards at the door, entrance cameras, chaining merchandise, buzzing customers in. Carr rejected all of that and, and put the onus on the mayor. How do you feel about what Lightfoot had to say? Well, I, I, first of all, I don't think it's all on the mayor. I think we have a system here with the mayor, the superintendent of police, David Brown, the state's attorney, Kim Fox, Chief Judge Tim Evans. You know, there, there's a whole process in, in the public safety realm, and we all need to work together, and we need to collaborate and communicate uh, more than just through the media. Um, and we need to have a plan and a strategy. You know, and as I said, I think the mayor... Uh, is investing long-term in filling vacancies and violence prevention programs. But we need to address the here and now and, and not just what's happening on the Mag Mile and those storefronts, but in every commercial corridor in the city. Um, retail changed. Uh, we have a lot of vacancies and we need to address this public safety issue if we want people to continue uh, shopping um, at retail stores versus online and when they shop online it doesn't mean as many jobs for chicago so it's a it's an economic development issue uh it's a and it's not just retail you know our offices in the in the city we have companies saying their employees are afraid to come back to the office so it's a it's a return to office which we need the traffic then to help the small businesses uh have you know have that traffic in the central business district. We have conventions and tourism. Uh, people need to feel safe. We need to feel safe on public transit. So it's it's not one person, it's, it's everybody. I think um, Rob Carr had a lot of good points. I mean, you don't wanna walk into a retail shop and feel like, uh, you know, there's armed guards and there's security and, you, and, and it just sends the wrong message. So we need to, everyone get together, collaborate, and come up with a plan. I, I commend the Attorney General, Kwame Raul. He, he developed an organized retail theft task force. He recently, uh, and working with Chicago Police Department and, and, and uh, retail, the private business community, and they recently uh, busted an organized uh, retail theft ring and recovered a uh, number of goods. So it can be done. We just need to, to communicate and collaborate and work together. Well, you say Chicago's at a crossroads and you say we need a plan and you don't see one. What do you want her to do right now about crime? Does she need to fire David Brown? What does she need to do now? I think we need a strategy uh, for the short and medium term of how we're going to reduce retail theft, carjackings, shootings, and that is and who is prosecuted. Um, you know, I know it, it, the state's attorney just said, 
you know, she's going to relook at the threshold for prosecuting uh, the retail theft. I think those are the kinds of things if we all get together and put a plan in place and see where we're having a problem and then try to work together. How are the police arresting people? How are they being prosecuted? Uh, what do they need to prosecute? All these things, there's a whole system in our, our, our public safety uh, system here in Chicago, and they all need to work together. So uh, immediately, I, I think, you know, the mayor should uh, work with all of these uh, and meet with all of them and start developing a strategy and plan um, to address this. What's the business community in the and, chamber and the business, to do on and crime? For, and the, and Fran, and the business, I'm sorry to interrupt, and the business community, I think the business community uh, understands uh, what some of the issues are. You know, Rob Carr with the retail merchants last week, uh, we had a, a, one of our members, Chase Bank, had a shooting in, their, uh, in, in one of their facilities and an employee uh, was killed. Right. Um, you know, we have office is downtown and the return to office. So I think it's a, it's a communication with everybody. We've had good communication on pandemic recovery with the mayor um, and her team. Uh, but this is an area where all the players involved, the state's attorney, the police superintendent, the chief judge, the mayor, the business community need to talk and work together and not just in the central business district, but every commercial corridor across the city. We keep hearing that the business community is searching for a candidate to challenge Mayor Lightfoot and that they're willing to put money behind that candidate, just as Illinois' richest man, hedge fund billionaire Ken Griffin is vowed to do to get rid of Governor Pritzker. And he has also been quite critical of Lightfoot as well. Is there a significant disenchantment with Lightfoot in the business community? And if so, what is it about? You know, I, I as I said, I, I think the 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 two issues i hear most about are public safety trust in public safety and skyrocketing property taxes uh you know the city has been dealing with a pandemic the mayor ha has done a good job on pandemic and health and and, and the recovery uh, but these are two significant issues um and you know we need to continue to work together and communicate and collaborate um, and uh, these two issues are so important to the economic development and jobs. And, and so that's the future of the city. And the mayor is the leader of the city. So these are two issues we, we all need to get together and work on. So the answer is yes, there is significant disenchantment with her. I didn't say disenchantment, Fran. I well, said we need you, to work you, together and collaborate. What do you call it? What do you call it? You say think, Chicago's at a crossroads. Yeah. And, and that, that means mean, if we don't do something, what happens? Well, you, you use the word disenchantment. I, I say that there there is a challenge ahead of us. We are at a crossroads and uh, the low murmur has become a loud roar and it's because of trust in public safety and skyrocketing property taxes. So these are two big issues. We've been dealing for two years with a pandemic. Uh, we've been doing all the health and safety and trying to open back up. And these two issues um, are issues that we need to deal with because they're creating a negative perception of Chicago. We have these great assets, world-class airports, universities, K through 12 education, restaurants, largest convention center, a great quality of life. But these two issues are gonna uh, slow our growth 
or inhibit our growth. And so if we want to grow the economy, if we want to have economic recovery from the pandemic, if we want to get people back to work, we need to work on these two issues. So, it, it, you know, that's the challenge ahead of us. We've had great challenges with the pandemic. These are the challenges coming out of the pandemic uh, and economic recovery that we need to deal with so we can create jobs and have economic growth. You say that workers are hesitating to come back downtown because they're afraid. They also are demanding more flexibility because of the flexibility they've had during the pandemic. Do you see a time when the work from home phenomenon ends or is it a permanent fixture? And if so, how does that impact downtown Chicago? Yeah, that's a great question, Fran. We've had some programming on this and we've done surveys and talked to businesses. I don't I don't think we're going to go back to the pre-pandemic. Workers want that flexibility. They want to be able to work from home. But workers also want the connectivity. They want to be in the office talking to other workers. Uh, innovation happens. Uh, certainly our young workers learn from other workers being in the office. So I think we're going to have a hybrid in the future. I think they'll definitely, workers are demanding flexibility. I think employers are uh, understand that and are providing that flexibility. But I do think uh, there'll be a return to office uh, because- uh, Half time just, maybe, 50% of what it was. You know, uh, you know the surveys we've done, there's some companies that come back 100%, some three days, some four days. It, it, every company is gonna be different and they're gonna have to look at their uh, work environment and, and, and what they need to do. But How it will, will definitely be Chicago different. have to adjust? I mean, you have this whole infrastructure of restaurants and shops that support the workforce downtown. And you have a convention center at McCormick Place that supports a, a convention business that hasn't come back. So how will Chicago have to change to accommodate this? Yeah, we, we have to uh, provide vibrancy and excitement to want to come downtown, to want to be uh, in the office. So, you know, if if a worker now comes down to, to work four days a week instead of five, you know, are they still going out to restaurants in the days they're down and are, are they still shopping? So we need to create, you know, that experiential retail. We need to continue to have uh you know, the number one restaurant uh, restaurants in the world, according to Condé Nast, have those things, cultural activities that attract people downtown. Um, and if they come downtown, if it's four days and not five days, are they still going out? Are they still shopping, going to the theater? That's what we want to do. So there's going to be a challenge to the, to the uh, tourism industry and the hospitality industry to continue to, to have that attraction and have people uh, uh, be in these entertainment districts and come downtown and help these small businesses, 17,000 small businesses in the central business district. But at the core of everything is safety. If you don't feel safe, you don't stay downtown after work, you run home, you, you don't come down for the restaurants and the theater because you're afraid. Uh, that's exactly right. And that's why trust in public safety is what I'm hearing from our business uh, community, our, our members, um, and we need to have a strategy. We need to communicate that strategy. It's a complex issue. Um, there's lots of reasons uh, why crime happens, but we need to address those issues and we need to do it collaboratively and everybody working together, uh, rowing in the same direction. 
With coronavirus cases surging to 929 a day in Chicago, the mayor is promising some new mitigations soon. Uh, I was in New York recently and everywhere my brother and I went, every restaurant, every museum, every house of worship, you had to show your vaccine card and your driver's license to prove it was you. Is that coming to Chicago? Should it? And what problems would that pose for business? I think every business is different. I know for our events, we have people show proof of vaccination. I think there's some restaurants doing that. Um, and that's all part of being in the private sector and managing to to your customers and, and clients and, and what is going to make them comfortable. And I think right now, people that have been vaccinated uh, feel comfortable. Uh, we've had some live events and we've had a uh, really good turnout. And I think it's because people feel comfortable that they're vaccinated and the people that they are around are vaccinated. So I, I, I'd be careful of mandates, uh, but um, I think, you know, so far uh, Chicago has done a good job in keeping the infection rate down better than other parts of the state. Um, and so uh, I think vaccination is the key. Um, and we've encouraged all our members to have their employees vaccinated. Uh, so we need to just continue doing that and, and making sure people trust in the health and safety of our restaurants, our hotels, our place of work. Do you see an end to extreme staff shortages? Wages at entry-level jobs are risen above $15 an hour, but many restaurants and stores can't fill those jobs. Yeah, that's definitely a challenge to the business community right now, but I, I think that's, you know, the business community is resilient and innovative, um, and uh, we've had such a change because of the pandemic that uh, businesses will continue to find ways to to provide benefits to their employees, whether it's wages or other intangible benefits or other uh, benefits that they provide, you know, including flexibility uh, at work and hours. And so I think they'll continue to do that. I think um, we may be changing, you know, maybe the, the baby boomers are retiring and have decided not to come back. And if that's the case, then we need to look at other ways to fill the talent pipeline and get people back to work. But I think our businesses are, are innovative and resilient and will do that. Before we let you go, a couple of quickie questions. Governor Pritzker's decision to spare the Thompson Center and instead <laughs> renovate it. Did that surprise you? Is it a good thing? You know, I wasn't involved in reviewing the proposals. I worked in that building for 15 years of my career. I, I thought for sure that the building was going to go away. A new building can go there. Uh, but, you know, we, we have great architecture in the city of Chicago, and it sounds like uh, uh, the state reviewed the architect's plan and, and believes it's a good plan. So, so uh, I haven't been directly involved. I was a little surprised, but um, I think, you know, if they have a good plan of architecture to, to change the building and improve the heating and ventilation, uh, then, uh, you know, uh, it, it's a good thing. It's a, it, it anchors the LaSalle Street corridor there. It, there needs to be a renovation and fix the building, whether they, you know, uh, keep it there and renovate it. Um, we need to do something to anchor that part of the, the loop and LaSalle Street. Yeah. Can that help revive the central loop, do you think? 
I think it can because they're, you know, they're going to be innovative and in, in, in the amenities they put in the building. Um, it's a great location. Um, and so I think that uh, will provide an excitement about that part of the loop. Um, and so, yes, I think it can help revive that corridor and that section of, of the loop. The Chicago Bears and their decision to purchase the Arlington Racecourse site. Is there anything that can be done to keep them in Chicago or are they a goner? Well, I mean, Soldier Field is a great asset for the city of Chicago and uh, we need to, to, to look at that and evaluate what have we been doing? How has the relationship been with the Bears? How can we look at it? Can we put a dome over Soldier Field and make it available to the NCAA for basketball tournaments, championships, to a Super Bowl, to a Big Ten championship. Why should it be in Indianapolis? It should be here in Chicago. So we need to look at concerts uh, all year round. So we need to look at Soldier Field. We need to evaluate what we can do to improve the asset and the value to the city of Chicago. I think the Bears are a private company. Uh, They have to look at what's best for their business. But sports teams today need to have an entertainment district around them. You look at the Cubs, you look at um, all the major sports teams that have done renovations of their stadium or change. They've built an entertainment district around their stadium. Soldier Field needs that. That's one thing that One Central provides. Um, And if all that is attractive to the Bears, maybe they'll stay. But they have to look at from their own business perspective what's best for them, whether, uh, you know, Arlington Heights or Soldier Field. But Soldier Field's a great asset in the city. We need to look at it and evaluate what's the best use and what we can do to make it be uh, continue to be an economic engine for the city of Chicago. So, so you think a dome should be put on Soldier Field whether or not the Bears Day and we ought to build an entertainment district around it whether or not the Bears Day? Absolutely, because we can attract NCAA championships, Big Ten championships. We can have concerts all year round. We can create an entertainment district. What One Central does is open a gateway to the south side and create jobs and economic development for the south side and connect it to the central business district. And that's what we need to do. And that's the transformational piece of One Central, connecting to the museum campus, to Soldier Field, uh, to the south. Uh, to create economic opportunity through mobility, through infrastructure. And so Soldier Field is part of that. And we need to make sure that it's, it's, a, it's an economic engine and an asset that produces uh, jobs and opportunity. And who should pay for that, the dome? That's expensive. Well, that's something we need to look at. I mean, uh, cities make investments in infrastructure all the time. If, if the long-term economic uh, impact creates enough jobs and an increase in, 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 in tax revenue. Um, so we need to look at how much does it cost? What can be done? What, what's the future of Soldier Field and what uses can there be? Um, all of that uh, needs to be looked at and then cost-benefit analysis. So. And which of the casino proposals of the f- five or so that are on the table do you favor that does the most for Chicago long-term? You know, I, I think on the casino, uh, we have three outstanding operators and brands and five great locations, uh, you know, Rivers, Bally's, Hard Rock, all great brand names, great operators. And so 
uh, and they all have great locations. So we, we just need to look at each of them. We need to make sure they're talking to the convention industry um, because that's a, a big part of, of what's going to drive revenue there and make sure that they're okay um, and they're looked at it um, and, and then make the decision. And I know they're going to be making their proposals um, and uh, I think we should evaluate them and, and see, see which one based on location, based on the convention industry, based on tourism, which will, will bring the greatest uh, revenue and, uh, to the city of Chicago. Jack Levin, Happy New Year and Happy Healthy New Year to you and your family. We wish you all the best. We wish the business community in Chicago all the best. The future of Chicago depends on it. And we will see you all next week. Great, Fran. Thank you and happy holidays to you and your family. <music>